I'm Karen Ennis. I was born and raised in the Liverpool area and I'm doing a challenge called the Ocean Seven, swimming the seven major channels and most dangerous channels in the world. And I've chosen to do it for Alder Hay, my children's charity. Um, I started my career as a teacher and I think pretty much every family I came into contact with had a wonderful story to tell about Alder Hay and what they'd done for the, their family or a cousin. And I started at the time doing little bits and pieces to try and provide support for people and it's just become a bit of a passion of mine over the years. I've kept in touch with some of the research that the place does. I was really excited when you built the new hospital and I just think it's really important that we help our local community with things. It's on the research side of things and also you've done lots of pioneering surgery so even the other week somebody was telling me they live in, in Stafford and they've been sent up here to have some surgery for their child because you're the only place that will do it. The kind of work that's done here is really, really pioneering and I think it changes massively what can be done for children and families. It's only when you start to read some of your newsletters and maybe see the old press article and things like that, you realise that what Alder Hay does actually spans across international boundaries and your research is shared with people all over the world and that's a massive thing to be happening here in Liverpool where we live. I started by doing something called the Great North Swim in the Lake District which was a mile in a wetsuit in Lake Windermere. I hadn't done exercise for years, I'll be honest, I was a couch potato and I thought I used to swim so that's something that's attainable to me. I had a lot of trouble putting wetsuits on and off because they're slippery beasts and they stick to you. Not very, not very comfortable. I think I, I think I sweated more doing that than I did doing the swim. But at the end of it, I think it was my cousin made a joke that uh, we'll have you swimming the channel next, and it set off a load of things in my head. Of when I was a kid, uh, it was around the time channel swimming was on Blue Peter, and you know somebody came on Blue Peter and got a badge. And I remember thinking I quite like to do that as a kid because I was in a, a children's swimming club. So I just thought, actually, that's something that I can have some hope at because I did used to swim when I was younger, and it's something that I'd like to do because I was trying to find something I wanted to do because it got to that sort of middle age crisis bit where you're like. I'm doing, all I'm doing is work and boring things, um, so I wanted to do something that was a bit more interesting. So I started to look to train the English Channel. I read lots of people's books about it and started thinking about doing the training. Uh, decided obviously I'd carry on fundraising for Alder Hay while I was doing it. It was a lot of hard work because I'm not the fittest or most coordinated person in the world. And having the discipline to go every day after work or before work and do the very long swims at the weekend. So my poor husband took a bit of a battering because we'd go up to Lake Windermere and he'd have to canoe by the side of me for hours on end while I swam up and down <laughs> he threw food at me. And I think on occasion it was worse for him than for me because in the canoe you get blown around, uh, got caught in the rain whereas I was wet already. So he was very patient and very supportive. Uh, and ultimately led on, on the boat for me when I did the swim. That was traumatic in itself because we went down, uh, got to Dover, all set up, all the uh, butterflies were going, the adrenaline was there, and then um, <laughs> the boat broke. <laughs> so we got the phone call to say the boat's broken, and I'm like, what do we do? We may as well go home because it takes more than a week to get the part that we need. So I had to come back. I'd gone all the way there with friends and my husband to uh, 
be ready to go and we had to come all the way back and all of us had to go back to work and then in work I can remember sitting there with a keyboard in front of me thinking I should have swung the channel do you think they're going to ring me today so I'd type like three letters and then mm, I'll go and make a drink and get some tea or something but it took till Thursday of the following week um, to actually get the phone call and then it was really short notice we need you to come down today so work were awesome at the time they just said go go do what you need to do jumping off a boat by the White Cliffs of Dover in the pitch black is a little bit alarming because it's it's just like it's there and you're suddenly going to start. I kind of stood there for a minute because I, I didn't know they sort of because they the boat people do it all the time. They they expect you to know what you're doing. So I was sort of standing there and he said, "Well, you can go now." And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> Big splash, jump through the water, and you have to swim to hit land, climb out, uh, clear to dry land. And when the adjudicator, because they have people watching you to make sure you don't cheat, says you can go they blow a whistle or a horn or something and you get in and start swimming. And I remember thinking when I was swimming back towards the boat, what am I doing? How have I got myself into this position? I had no concept of what it was going to be like swimming for that long. I don't get me wrong, I've done all the training, um, but it's still a real mind melter when you actually get in the water. Um, some people in the swimming community now call me the jellyfish repellent because I'm the only person that I know that touch wood, long may it continue, has not been stung by a jellyfish on any of my swims where other people have come out with like big, big wheels up their arms and things. And my coach, Adam Walker, um, he got stung by a man of war and has like a scar across here from it. So long may it continue that I am the jellyfish repellent. Uh, uh, it was 16 hours to do the English Channel. I remember standing on the beach and the others swam in to be with me, not knowing what to do with myself almost. Although I've read about people hitting the wall and things, uh, I had no experience of what it was like. And everybody has a wall, apparently, and if you can get through it, then you're good to go again. And it really was like that, so I had about an hour of feeling every pain and coldness and goose pimpliness that was possible uh, and feeling really sick and thinking I can't eat food when the next give me food and you've got to keep hydrating and eating uh, and then it just went and it it really is a bit like finding Nemo you just keep swimming just keep swimming and then you have to swim back to the boat but I think that's the most insulting thing about a channel swim you hit dry land and somebody says you've done it and then you get maybe five minutes um, and, and you have to swim back to the boat, which can be anything up to half a mile away because of, they can't bring it in that close. So from swimming the English Channel with the help of work colleagues, friends, families, people did cake sales, all sorts of things, um, raised about £13,500. Um, and my swim coach Adam said to me, oh, which one are we going to do next? And I said, absolutely no. I wanted to see the English Channel, it was like a bit of an ambition from when I was a child, that's it now, that, that's me done. Um, and when I, uh, when, when I came back and I was collecting all the older hay uh, charity pots from the different local pubs and things they'd been in, I was counting out all these coppers and things on the table. And I can remember sitting on the floor in my lounge and thinking, I could do another one of these, potentially. And it wasn't any more than that at that point in time. But then I did start to read about what my coach had done, the Ocean 7, uh, and think, 
I could do that. And then I realised that no British woman has yet done it. He was the first British man and there's only, uh, I think it's either 13 or 14 people in the world have done it. And I thought, I might get on Blue Peter and get a badge. No, <laughs> that's not true. But it would be nice to get a Blue Peter badge. I did try when I was little. <laughs> so I just thought that's something to focus on, something to, somewhere to go next and something that people engage with because I got so much feedback from people when I swam the channel. People telling me lovely stories about how this place had helped the kids, which was just phenomenal. I started to say that I was going to do the Catalina channel. I uh, started my training for that uh, and I had my first experience of coaching someone who's a, a friend who wanted to do the English channel and she also is bonkers and does things called an ice mine where you have to swim a mile in open water in five degrees or less just in your normal swimming costume and I was like you're bonkers I'm not doing that I'll help you swim the English channel but she nagged at me for several months before Christmas and said, you know, I'm doing one in February, you can do this, it's the next thing you need to do. Uh, and eventually she wore me down. I started training in cold water with her, getting progressively colder each weekend. Uh, it's a very, almost uplifting experience actually when you do it, because it's just such a good atmosphere when you go. Um, lots of lovely people who are all doing it for various different reasons. Um, but you come out afterwards uh, they call it a winter tan, so you're absolutely bright red because <laughs> the water's affected you so much. It was four degrees. So it wasn't warm. It took probably about three hours to recover. And again, blown away by the kindness of people. You didn't know me, all the recovery room staff uh, asking what you're doing it for. I, can't, I remember coming out of the water and being determined to say all the hay because someone was videoing me. And they're like, Oh, I'm doing this for all day. <laughs> don't know how I managed to get it all out, but I did. So people say, you were talking really coherently afterwards. And I wasn't at all. <laughs> I've just come back from doing the Catalina Channel. Did it just over a fortnight ago now. Body's pretty much recovered. I started to swim again at the weekend. Uh, it's still protesting a bit because your arms are almost, it's almost a bit like repetitive strain injury, I guess. I'll be back into my training properly, probably by this weekend. Catalina Channel will remain, I think, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had because I got to swim with a pod of, pod of dolphins. They actually made it to the international news. There were so many of them together at one time. And I started to hear whistling. So I popped my head up out the water and started looking around and they were everywhere. They were literally jumping and swimming past, but then they started swimming underneath me. And they're so nosy because they flip up to put their eye to you, look at you and then flip off again. But it's just like at grease lightning speeds. And eventually um, the pilot of the boat, as he said, you need to keep swimming, you've got to keep swimming for your time. And I was thinking, I don't really care about my time. Dolphin, dolphin in the water, not, not going until the dolphin's gone. Uh, and at the end, like, I, I'd done all the swimming into shore um, and then I had to do a very undignified crawl out the water. Um, with my backside in the air and um, my coach is videoing me and I'm like oh no my backside's going to be on Facebook. <laughs> you do think about the oddest of things even though you're shattered. All the, the adjudicators and the kayakers are saying congratulations well done lots of hugs everywhere and this little voice in the background said your swim was 50 minutes slower than it should have been because you kept playing with dolphins and I was like oh, okay. <laughs>
<laughs> oh well, because <laughs> I've never done it for times and things like that. It's enjoying it and being part of it and the people you get to meet. And it's made a real difference to me because losing my husband last year could have made my life, and did for a while, something that wasn't that great. Um, and this has kind of refocused me and given me a bit of purpose again. Uh, and I know it's something we did together, so I think it was hour five when I was in the water in Catalina Channel. It's pitch black. Um, I popped my head up for a feed and I said to my coach, Adam, I love the fact that you're here for me and I know you're always here for me, but I half miss Gary. And the fact that Gary was always there for me 100%, um, hanging over the side, making me laugh, saying stupid things being rude to me when I needed a bit of motivation just to keep going. Um, he was he was the perfect, perfect partner for stuff like this. And Adam and all the other people are wonderful for doing this with me because people give up their time for free to do all of this. And they know what I'm doing it for, so they know that it's, it's all helping all the hay. Um, and you just, so many people want to be involved in that. What's left? I've got the rest of the Ocean 7 to complete. On my swimming cap it says a phrase, I can and I will, watch me. And that's what I apply to everything that I do. So the five channels that I've got left to do, um, I've got one in Hawaii, one in Japan, um, one in New Zealand, um, Gibraltar Straits, and the last one I will do is Ireland, Scotland. Um, they've all got their own challenges. Hawaii's got lots of currents, so I have to be able to swim a different amount of times, so like two, three hours, and then somebody on the boat will say, swim fast now, and I need to be able to sprint for an hour. Also wildlife in Hawaii, it's where my coach was stung with a man of war. When I was swimming in Catalina, the jellyfish were beautiful at night time, because they were like um, lit up almost. The one that's the, the scariest from a wildlife perspective is New Zealand because they call that the that stretch of water shark alley. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Will be interesting. So if you wanted to take on a challenge at any level, uh, and I actually said this something similar to this at my husband's funeral, don't use anything as an excuse not to do it. If you want to read a book, walk around the block. Um, learn how to roll a boot, it doesn't matter what it is, take your opportunity and do it because life's too short.